Hello, welcome to the Murders Per Gallon of Popcorn podcast. We're your hosts, Haley, and I'm Craig, and today we're going to be talking about horror movies. Yay. And we'll get into which one. After uh, after some banta, some cheeky banta. Who's your favorite dead beetle? My favorite dead beetle is Paul McGartney. Okay, if you had to kill one Ramon and replace him with one of the dead beetles, which one would you kill and then which one would you replace him with? Um, okay, I don't know all of the Ramones by name. Okay, so Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I would replace him with uh, George Harrison. Nice. That would be weird. <laughs> All of the songs would be completely different <laughs> because you just replaced the guitar players. <laughs> Who's your favorite dead beetle? Who's well I hate the Beatles. Who would you though replace um the Ramones with one of the Beatles? Um, that's a silly question because I don't think <laughs> But you asked me it <laughs> Bro. <laughs> I like all of the Ramones. I mean I okay, I'd kill CJ who's not even an original member of the Ramones. He's, like, <laughs> their fucking third bass player or drummer. I think it goes Marky was the original drummer, and then he was replaced by Tommy and then CJ. I don't know if that's right. Mm. Well, also, it's interesting that you said you would kill CJ because your original question was just, who would you replace with one of the Beatles? And then you just decided to straight up murder this man. The Beatles would be better if Paul McCartney got fired from the band and replaced with Yoko Ono. So who do you prefer, Yoko Ono or John Lennon? Probably Yoko Ono. Because I just don't like the Beatles at all. You don't like the Beatles at all? I don't like any Beatles song. Really? Not really. Hmm. I guess that's fair. Do you I think like it's because they're songs. so... Do you think it's because they're so, like... That's, like... I feel like the Beatles are, like, the office of rock bands. Where, like... People are, like... Yeah. They're definitely overhyped. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... I like some of John Lennon's solo albums, and I like Paul McCartney's solo album Ram, kind of, sometimes. And I, sometimes I can listen to George Harrison's solo album, too, but as a band, they're just, like, so boring. I'd rather listen to the Monkees than the Beatles. Ooh, I love the Monkees. And people always compare the Beatles to the other British rock bands, like The Who and mm -hmm. The Rolling Stones. And I would say those two bands are, like, ten times better than the Beatles. <laughs> I love the Rolling Stones. Did you ever watch the Monkees um, TV show growing up? No, but my mom is a big fan of the Monkees and the show. You know the Monkees is, like, a manufactured band? Yeah, like, it's, like... Kind of like the like, Sex Pistols. Yeah. Malcolm McLaren just, like, picked these street kids that hung out at his sex shop, his bondage gear shop, and said, you're going to be a band. Wow. And none of them, like, knew they're how like, to play their instruments. Really. They're like, what? <laughs> he, like, curated what, their outfits, basically, and he they're like a boy band. 
Wow, but for pumps. That's interesting. The Sex Pistols are cool, but they didn't invent punk, and neither did the Brits in general. Who, invented, mo- who invented punk rock? Um, Avril Lavigne. Damn, true. <laughs> so who's a better band? The Beatles or Wormy? Definitely Wormy. Oh, really? I would Definitely say... Definitely Wormy and his one song, Hungry Ghost, featuring Samia. I would say Hungry Ghost is probably a million times better than Hey Jude. Follow Wormy on Spotify, and his single is called Hungry Ghost. It's already at, like, what, 20,000 plays or whatever? Basically. So, Why don't you sing a snippet from the song? Um, let's see. All my friends are drunk and comfy, but I still met none of yours. He's like, I was crying in the back of the lift line. Let's go into what movies we watched this past week. So we watched Mortal Kombat. Well, I watched Mortal Kombat and Craig chose to nap during it because... Craigie does not like CGI gore, and that's all it was, so. Yeah, I fell asleep before it even really got started. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like... It wasn't grabbing me, it just seemed like... They were like, alright, let's make a Mortal Kombat movie, but pretend it's in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, it (laughs) did feel very much that. It was... It wasn't... It was kind of disappointing, I think, because it was so hyped, I feel like. Not that's my why favorite. Let down. Not my favorite style of filmmaking. Yeah. We watched um, Joe Bob's Last Drive-In Live last Friday when they were playing Audition and Class of 1984. Um, and I watched Audition for the first time, Craig's seen it before, and it was, like, one of the most disturbing movies ever, just, like, from the last 15 minutes. I actually thought I was gonna pass out. I remembered it being more disturbing than it actually is, though, I'll say that. Yeah, I think it's, it's not too bad, but there was one scene for me that really triggered me, and it involved throw-up, so. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah, it was just, it was pretty... Yucky. And we watched uh, Handmaid's Tale last night. They just released the first three episodes of season four, and man, that's a bad show. Yeah, it's getting it's getting ridiculous. Like I feel like it's just kind of like from all we know about what Gilead is, like June should be dead. Like basically, they just they're like, let's keep her alive just to keep things interesting yeah like literally <laughs> it's like honestly bizarre everyone like, else dies like brutally the second they speak out of line yeah she's like escaped 10 times now <laughs> like literally just to like, like i think she just like likes getting caught yeah um <laughs> but i'm still very entertained by it we stayed up till like 2 a.m watching it which was my choice um, i feel like streaming service shows are just doomed to like lose all of their steam by the fourth season yeah 
So you know the how the last Friday the Thirteenth movie that we talked about, Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven, it was complete trash. You guys know. So why was that movie bad, Haley? I would say the acting and characters flat, terrible. The plot not interesting. Don't give a fuck about Carrie versus Jason. Just like not not gory enough kills, like just overall like lame as fuck. Like it just wasn't even funny. Like they flopped from the very the initial concept. Yeah. It just wasn't a strong concept. And then they built this whole story around this concept that someone probably said in, like, a storyboard meeting. Carrie versus Jason. And they're like, yeah! And then they built the entire script around this weak concept. And they had to, like, justify the concept by this, like, feeble attempt to get us to care about the Carrie-type character. Which no one cares about. It was just like, none of the characters... She wasn't a good final girl. Yeah. She was dumb all the way through. I feel like she made dumb decisions. Mm-hmm. She was boring. She was a bad actress. Sorry to this person. They, they completely truncated life. the ki- kills. Like, none of the kills felt fully there. Yeah. Like, they didn't show anything that me- would make it memorable it's mm-hmm. like such quick quick cuts and implied action and violence yeah, that yeah. it's just like like the most we get is a jason swinging a sleeping bag against the tree mm-hmm. you know yeah so that movie was bad for all of those reasons now the sequel to that movie Friday the 13th Part 8, which came out the year after mm-hmm. that previous movie, they get it kind of right again. <laughs> yeah, so let's just, uh, oh. Because this yeah. movie, okay, so. We haven't even done our, like, the movie where we're doing, that we're doing is. So it should be no mystery to you by now, viewer, listener. <laughs> The, the movie, movie is the, Friday the 13th, 13th Part 8, Jason, Jason Takes Manhattan. Manhattan. Or more accurately, Jason takes a cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> Jason hops on a boat. <laughs> and we're there and for then, most of the movie. <laughs> and then thinks he's going to Manhattan, but ends up in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> in some very uh, well-designed sets, but also he does make it to Times Square. But, but that subway totally... I don't believe that that's a New York subway. Yeah, no, that was... That was That weird. was some Canada shit. There's no red interior on a New York subway. Yeah. Anyways, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, This movie... Let's get into some... This movie some, is not bad. This... Yeah. This movie... In our opinion. Yeah. We loved it. Just gonna preface it. There. And we do live in New York City... However, we live in Brooklyn. Yeah. So what would Jason Takes Brooklyn look like? <laughs> um, okay. I can see Jason. Jason. It would be fun to have a Jason scene in, like, House of Yes or something. I think it would be Jason in Mood Ring. Yeah. Ooh, with the fog. That'd be <laughs> yeah, spooky. that fucking fog machine. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> Jason <laughs> lives in a loft building. <laughs> it would be like Jason sitting on the stoop of a brownstone, like, <laughs> smoking a fucking black and mild or something. Oh my god, what's Smoking like... a pack of Newports. And he has, um... He has he's a bodega Timba- Greek Timbaland. cup coffee. Timba. Timberlands. Timberlands. <laughs> um, so let's get into some of the background of the movie. So it was directed by Rob Hedden. 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 Whatever. Um, he didn't really direct anything else of note. Um, it was... The filming of this took prim- took place primarily in Vancouver, um, with additional photography in Times Square and in Los Angeles. Um, and at the time of its production, Jason Takes Manhattan was the most expensive film in the series with a budget of over $5 million, which isn't but still, even that much. But still not expensive enough to be shot in Manhattan. Yeah, no. They, could, they needed at least a few more million for it to be fully set in Manhattan. So one tiny production fact I know, just from reading about it online, is that they want, they had much more lofty goals for this movie mm-hmm. to be all in Manhattan and do all the different Manhattan cool shit you want to see, go to all the different places, do funny stuff. And they just couldn't do it because they couldn't afford to shoot in New York City. Yeah. I guess getting permits and closing down streets and stuff in New York costs a lot of money. So they had to do it in, well, they had to do it mostly on a boat, which was probably just a set. Yeah. And not an actual boat. And then, so most of the movie is just like probably filmed on a set that's supposed to be a boat. And then they have some shots in like alleyways in Vancouver. And then I guess in studios in Los Angeles. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, like, one scene in Times Square. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> Which, I don't even, that's the very end, and it's just kind of like, uh, he doesn't do anything. It's just, like, him standing there, right? Yeah. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, So, when you look at it like that, this movie sounds like a complete failure. Yeah. But it's okay. It's but pretty good. But it's got its, I, honestly, I was, I was, um, very happy, and I think it was because we were coming off of the seventh one, which was so disappointing to Also, me, we but, had never seen this one yeah. before. Um, so, <laughs> Jason Takes Manhattan was, unfortunately, the poorest performing... Uh, film in the Friday the 13th series to date. Well, that explains why after this movie, the next movie doesn't come out until 1993. Mm. Yeah, they're over it. They were like, we give up. (laughs) Well, this also was supposed to be the like, this was supposed to be like the finale, basically. Um, and we'll get into this a <laughs> yeah, little bit. Yeah, wasn't part four supposed to be the finale? Yeah, you know, if there's one thing that we know about Friday the 13th, it's, uh, there is no finale. There's no finale. And eventually it will return. <laughs> exactly. Jason always lives. Um, God, it would be so cool to see a new Jason movie. I know. I would love to see this movie with a higher budget. That's what I kept thinking the entire time. I was like... If I had one Friday the 13th wish, it might be remake just Jason Takes Manhattan and do it right. 
Yeah, that would be sick, dude. You could just you could even just take the Jason from the remake. Mm-hmm. Like just continue like pick up where that movie left off, but take him to Manhattan. And just like Or just, just do it as a one off. Like Yeah. Jason takes Manhattan, simply titled that. No Friday the thirteenth part eight or whatever. Yeah. And just have him have do him a bunch do, of cool yeah. shit. Let's see the original script for Jason Takes Manhattan. This is set in Crystal Lake, then the SS Lazarus, which is a very interesting name for the boat. Because in the Bible somewhere, I'm not (laughs) religious and I have never read the Bible, but my parents are, and I know who the Lazarus Lazarus character is because one time when I was young, my mom was dropping me off to school in her Ford Explorer before work, and we were barreling down this country road, and this cat, this stray cat, jumped out in front of my mom's car, and she ran over this cat and thought she killed it. And so she just like, I don't know, I guess she just... I can't remember it happening, really. I remember the day. Yeah. But she ran over this cat, drops me off, and then goes back. At, drops me off at school, so I'm not late. And then goes back and, like, sees that someone is, like, the cat's still alive. And someone's trying to help the cat, Aww. like, out of the street. And, I don't know, like, help <laughs> the cat somehow. And my mom takes the cat, takes it to our family vet. And then, like, pays all this money to have the cat's, like, jaw fixed surgically. And then we keep the cat, and my mom names it Lazarus, because there's a character in the Bible that gets killed and brought back to life by Jesus. So it's, like, a zombie character, (laughs) I guess, named Lazarus. So... So very the SS Lazarus, so I guess it's... There's referring to the fact that Jason... Is now can't die and keeps being brought back. Yeah, alive. yeah. Um, so that's interesting. And then um, other settings are Times Square, um, a, sh- a shipyard probably in Vancouver, and sewers. That's probably in a studio somewhere. <laughs> also in Vancouver. And the subway. And the subway. That's probably also in Vancouver. So. Let's go right into it with the plot. So the movie starts and you see these two teens on like a little boat. Like what would you call that? Size oh wait, boat. before this though, there's like a very, there's like oh, all. Yeah. Okay, there's so <laughs> there's a scene that doesn't matter at all before this where they just like, it's like the intro scene where they just set you up with some quote New York footage and some New York footy. Yeah. Where they're just like, this is 1989, and I guess everyone is hanging out in Times Square in 89, but as far as I know, back then, Times Square was like a place where you go to buy a prostitute. Yeah. (laughs) Well, all of the people that they're showing are, like, punks and, like, junkies and shit. Yeah, so it's a lot of junkies, like, hanging out in Times Square, like, shooting up and just, like, passed out 
in the middle of Times Square with like the Jason Takes Manhattan theme playing, which is pretty sick. Mm-hmm. So Jason is nowhere to be seen in the scene. Um, no one says anything in the scene. It's completely just like setting for New York City. Even though some of the, I think they go to the alleyway for a little bit, and that's probably Vancouver. Yeah. But. There's also, like, this, I feel like they got just, like, I remember the same group of punks, like, at in the beginning of the movie that happened at the end of the yeah, movie where he fucks up where hit <laughs> their boom box. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, so there's this group of punks, like, sitting on those. Like architectural benches that are in the middle of Times Square. They're like lounging on them listening to a boombox. But then once you get the Jason Takes Manhattan, um, which how does it flash onto the screen? We've come to thrive on it. Oh yeah. Oh my god. You can't get the adrenaline pumping without the terror, good people. I love this town. I forgot about, like, the weird poem at the beginning. So, if you didn't know, this movie is also, like, somewhat of a prequel to Woody Allen's film Manhattan. Okay, so the first scene, we see these two teens about to make love on a boat. They're, like, kissing, having some foreplay, and then the dude is, like, um, what does he say? He's like, let's drop the wait, anchor. Wait, l- hold on, let me drop the anchor. And then he goes out to the, he goes out of the little cabin, drops the anchor on the boat. The anchor hits like an electrical wire, mm-hmm. breaking it. The electrical wire brushes up against this like rubble <laughs> that's buried under the water. And Jason's leg is popping out of the rubble <laughs> and arm or something. And the, like, electrical wire touches Jason's leg. And then this blue electricity lights Jason up and he comes back to life. Yeah. Um, as that's happening, um, the boy, his name's... Okay, so it's Jim and then his girlfriend is Susie. So Jim starts telling Susie the legend of Jason and she's getting really freaked out. And he go, and when he comes back from dropping the anchor, he somehow has a hockey mask in his possession that looks exactly like Jason's mask. It's a, well, yeah, it's a hockey mask with the axe mark from part three. Yeah. So that says to me that Jason is such a cult icon in this town in New Jersey that there's like a whole tourism aspect of (laughs) the Jason mythology in movie and there's like shops and stores that sell Jason memorabilia and replicas so you can buy an authentic style (laughs) Jason mask in this world because obviously it's not the original mask yeah and everyone... The mask in the previous movie explodes off his face when she's squeezing it onto his head with her psychokinetic abilities or whatever. 
and he turns around and roars at the camera as the mask explodes. So this is a new mask that yeah. he bought from the store that looks like Jason's mask. Or made, I guess. But that would be a lot of, uh, <laughs> that's really committing to the bit. Yeah. Um, she gets mad um, at him, but uh, he wins her over still, and they start getting a little frisky and just as they're really getting into it Jason appears in the room and Susie can see him from over Jim's shoulder and Jason has a harpoon gun and he he stabs Jim in the guts with the harpoon gun and then, like, pulls, like, and it looks like his intestines are, like, wrapped around the the tip of the harpoon or whatever. Um, so, Susie is like, what the fuck? <laughs> and, um... So she, like, jumps in a hole. Yeah, basically. <laughs> He grabbed, um, oh, he grabbed the hockey mask that Jim was wearing, and he's like, he, like, puts it on, he's like, hey. This is, like, a callback to part three when Jason originally gets the hockey mask. Yeah. Because Shelly is pranking this girl that he's trying to, like, impress or something, I Mm -hmm. guess. By wearing the hockey mask and pretending to come out of the water and, like, attack her. Yeah, and he has a harpoon gun, so that's actually a really interesting connection. And then Jason gets his mask in the same way in this movie, kind of. Yeah. Um, so Susie's in the hole, and Jason just opens it up, and she's like, No! And he just, like, he, like, slowly stabs her. Yeah, very slowly. It's so slow. I'm like, that is so scary. (laughs) Um, So Susie passes away. And then Jason's like, I guess I'm taking this boat to wherever the fuck is the nearest teens. (laughs) (laughs) So he takes the boat all the way to a nearby New Jersey dock where the SS Lazarus is and it is rented by a group of high school kids that graduated their principal and one other teacher and they're like going their their trip their graduation trip is taking a river cruise from Crystal Lake, New Jersey, basically, to Manhattan. Um, Which you would think... I feel like I could swim across (laughs) that amount of water faster than this boat. It it takes this boat to get there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And crewing the SS Lazarus is like a crazy Ralph type guy and I think he sees Jason like starting to climb on the ship and he's like we're all gonna die like he basically starts that shit like very early but he doesn't even get a name like 
literally the he's credited as like crew member or whatever. So in the script they didn't even fucking give him a name. Yeah. Sad. He's no crazy Ralph. Yeah. Um, so The teachers, so let's just introduce all the people that are on the boat, kind of. So, there's two teachers, Dr. Charles McCulloch, who I guess is the principal, and he's like a total dickhead. Um, and then there's the English teacher, Colleen Van Dusen. Uh-huh. Um, and Charles McCulloch, or whatever has a niece named Rennie, and he is, like, the guardian of Rennie because her parents died in a car accident. So, Rennie has a extreme fear of the water, and yet she is down to go on this river cruise um, trying to face her fear. Right off the bat... When Jason sneaks on to the ship, um, he meets up with this uh, rock star wannabe chick named JJ. She has a pink guitar and she goes into like the bowels of the ship where like there's steam and stuff, and she's like basically filming like a music video, but like with no camera. She's just like rocking out and. Jason takes her guitar and uh, crushes her head in with the guitar. So she's our first uh, victim on the cruise. But also, I want to say that before there's the first kill, that the cruise leaves the dock, and then you see all the different activities going on board the ship. Mm-hmm. So the second the cruise fucking leaves the dock, there's already, like, a disco dance party on one floor. <laughs> there's this chick playing a pink and black Flying V electric guitar and being filmed by this, uh... There's a boxing match. There's people fighting. Mm-hmm. There's, there's people cocaine. doing cocaine. There's lots of drug use in yeah. this movie. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so, after one of the boxing matches, um, an unnamed boxer... Like, some of these characters just never... They never give them a name. But basically, one of the boxers, like, goes to the sauna, and Jason shows up, and he kills him with a sauna rock. Oh, yeah, that was a good kill. Yeah. So he... The guy's got the... He's laying down in the sauna. There's a fucking sauna on this cruise ship. Yeah. What the fuck? He's laying down in the sauna with the towel over his head. So he doesn't see anything. He hears someone come into the sauna. He thinks it's his girlfriend. He's like... He's like, ooh, maybe we're gonna have sex in the sauna again. <laughs> And then, no, it's Jason, he, he's fucking gripping, he grabs the rock, the hot rock that's producing the steam in the sauna. With his bare hand, you hear his, like, undead Jason flesh, like, sizzle. What do you think that smells like? And then, <laughs> and then he, 
like hovers over this guy's body because he's got the towel he can't see him and then he just like slams the rock through his chest like the upper part of his torso and the dude's screaming and then like you see the rock in his chest it's like melted through mm-hmm. and like crushed his chest and then Jason's like <laughs> what would if Jason talked what Freddy would style. He, yeah Freddie style what would he say after that I feel like maybe it would be a play on how... Well, no, 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 because there's a really good boxing-related kill that happens at the end of the movie. He'd probably say... Steamy meat. (laughs) (laughs) Nice one. (laughs) He'd probably say steamed hams. Oh, my God. Now that's what I call a hot... (laughs) That's a steamy weenie. Oh, my God. Um, anyways, so Rennie and her, she has a little doggie. Rennie? Rennie. That's the, that's the um, main girl. So Terrible name. Rennie um, <laughs> and her dog um, are chilling in the stateroom, and she starts hearing voices and stuff, and she sees, like, a child... Oh. God, the shit. Through the, through the, um, porthole, that's what they call them, porthole, and, um, she gets, like, and then I think she sees, like, Jason or something, something, like, spooks them, and they leave the room, and her dog runs away, so Rennie's searching for her dog, and she discovers Tamra who is the bitch of the movie, and Eva (laughs) doing some cocaine. Doing some blow. Yeah. And um, Eva's like, do you want some? And and Rennie's like, um, no thanks. And she kind of gives him, like, the judgiest fucking look ever, and she walks away. And um, And then they're like, you think she's going to narc on us? After... Rennie sees them doing blow. Oh, yeah. In the basement. Yeah. The annoying-ass fucking dad principal Principal. guy who thinks he's her fucking dad. Is he her dad? No, he's her uncle. The uncle. Yeah. The overbearing asshole of an uncle. Mm Mm-hmm. Principal cop, narc, Shows up. And yeah, so they think that she told him, but he just fucking showed up. Well, he, she probably did tell him, maybe, off screen. No, I don't think she would do that. I don't think she really cared. But, anyways, he basically almost catches them. Well, he does catch them. He says, are you doing drugs down here? Because they drop the mirror that they were doing coke off of. Yeah. In front, and it shatters. But they were like, no. <laughs> um, and he's Are you like, coke down here? And he's, there's like, um, why would you think that? <laughs> yeah, I think like Eva's like, do you really think I would do coke? And he's like, her nose is like covered in powder. Who are you? I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, it's not. <laughs> and he like, it was so. This is so weird to me because this is supposed to be like their high school graduation party, basically. But the principal is like, Tamra you need to finish your biology homework. And I'm like, 
these bitches have homework on this fucking cruise on the way to New York? Like, I'm confused. So, they kind of get in trouble, but not really. So, Tamara decides that she's going to enact her revenge on Rennie by going... Fucking her uncle. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's a whole other fucking scene. But the first thing she does is pushes... Rennie overboard. <laughs> I forgot about that. What Which, the fuck? Also, you would have been sucked under the fucking propeller. Yeah, like... If you got she, pushed off a giant ship. She would have straight up died. She also can't swim. So this bitch tried to, as a, as revenge for her thinking judgy that look. Rennie narked on her and giving her a judgy look... She pushed her fucking overboard and then didn't have, like, any consequences, basically. She just, like, went back. Well, I guess later on she did have some consequences. But, like, as far as, like, like, she did it right in front of the English teacher. And the English teacher just was like, oh, no! <laughs> I'm like, help her! I think she got, like, rescued somehow. I don't fucking know. I think her, the boyfriend, like, saved her or some shit like that. So, then Tamara fucking, like, asks, there's a video student named Wayne. She asks Wayne, that she, like, frequently uses. Like, she, like, acts like she's, like, into him and shit. And then she just, like, is, like, okay, bye. Like, whenever he's done the task that she wanted him to do. So, she used... Wayne to record the principal. She, Tamara's like on the bed in a robe, drinking champagne. She's probably 17 years old. Like, let's be real. And she is seducing the principal, and they end up making out. And Wayne gets it on camera. Well, she also strips in front of him. Do we see Do we see her? You don't see her tits, but you see her in underwear. Yeah. I mean, how many oh, yeah, principals yeah. have seen you in your underwear? <laughs> so, after she shoes... After, one, the principal leaves the room and she shoes Wayne away, Tamara decides that she's going to reward herself with a hot, steamy shower. So she starts taking a shower... And then she leaves the shower, and she hears something. She peeks, and she sees Jason. So she just kind of hides back in her room, and Jason pulls up. There's a little bit of a struggle. He punches a mirror and gets one of the glass shards, and he stabs Tamara. That's an off-screen stab, but she dies. Rennie is still continuously seeing Jason's Jason as a child. And it's weird because so in the first scene where we see Jason as a child, it's when Jim is talk telling the story, the lore of Jason. And Jason looks normal in that. Like he looks like a normal kid. There's no disfigurement that there was in the first Friday the 13th movie. As each vision progresses in the movie, he gets more and more like 
he looks more he and more, more like fucked up. yeah, basically, like he just looks more and more like the Jason that we saw jump out of the lake in Way Friday back the Thirteenth at like for our girl Alice, like. Way, way back. So that's interesting. And this young Jason, like, vision is an interesting tidbit that we can get more into later. But for now, we're looking when you, at... When you first see the boy, you're like, who the fuck is that? When I, I think I said out loud, I'm like, who is that? Like, is that supposed to be Jason? Like... Jason all of a sudden looks like Richie Rich. Like. Oh my god. Yeah, he's just like child actor vibes. Like, not scary. Brunette kid. Like, doesn't look... He's not bald. He doesn't have a bulging skull and like, one eye is skewed. It's not none of that at first. He's just like a kid. Mm-hmm. He also looks younger than young Jason. This is true. Like, I would say that kid looks like he's maybe 9 or 10, whereas young Jason is supposed to be 12 or 13, right? Mm -hmm. Like, at least in part one, when he jumps out of the lake, he looks like he's gone through puberty <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> is that what you picked up from that scene? <laughs> he's gone through, like, decomposition. <laughs> Jason's next victim. So we are in the like cockpit of the ship or whatever. And Captain Robertson, who is Sean, like one of the main, like, um, Rennie's boyfriend is Sean. And his dad is a captain. And I guess his dad puts a lot of pressure on his son to be a ship captain because he starts talking to the first mate of the ship and he's like do you have a kid they like get into this like deep discussion about children and the first mate's like yeah like i have a baby basically and the captain is like don't push him too hard or whatever and i'm like this is like a weirdly touching random scene that's just like i was like these characters are about to die the fir Jason shows up and he kills the first mate who is a father of a newborn child. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that's some pretty, I feel like that's the tough, toughest stuff of the movie pretty much after the first mate is killed by Jason. Captain Robertson is also killed by Jason and Rennie's boyfriend, Sean, who is Captain Robertson's son, discovers both of them, and the whole ship basically shows up to the cockpit and, like, talks it through. And yeah, figures out what their next plan is to yeah. keep this ship from just, like, wrecking into something. Yeah. So, one, they know there's a murder on the boat. Everyone, except for the fucking principal, is like... Jason and the principal, even though everyone's fucking familiar with Jason's lore at this point. So everyone knows that Jason has come back from the dead multiple times at this point, and the principal is still like, that's impossible. 
I'm like, you're from Crystal Lake, and you really think that it's impossible that Jason's on this fucking ship. Like, you're a dumbass. And he's like, it's the deck, it's the sketchy deckhand, the our crazy Ralph transplant. He's like, that's the guy, because he keeps talking about Jason, but I think it's him. And everyone's like, okay, well, we think it's Jason, so we're going to go with, like, trying to find Jason. <laughs> so they all, like, kind of separate. Eva was, like, the only one on the ship that didn't show up to the cockpit, and she's walking through. She's going to Tamara's room because she's like, hey, they're calling us to the cockpit. There must be something going on. And she sees Tamara's dead body. It has mirrors all over her body and her face and shit. Um, and she's deceased. So she's like, holy fuck. And then she sees Jason and they he chases her into the disco room. The discotheca. The discotheca, if you will. And he basically strangles her to death on the dance floor. So, all of these early murders in the movie, I would say at this point we're only like 30 minutes into the movie. That's what it feels like, but... So there's murder after murder after murder, and none of them really matter. We're talking about them pretty in-depth, more in-depth than the movie it shows them. So... These murders happen, like, back-to-back, it seems like. It's just yeah. like, all right, here's a character you've only seen for maybe three minutes on screen murdered. <laughs> like, yeah, like, basically, as soon as the character is introduced, it's like, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, if you see a character, they're getting killed, basically. Yeah. Which I feel like is a little bit different than the other ones that we've seen where... Yeah, that's what I thought. All the students are, like, fucking, like running around trying to search for Jason. The first guy that we see is Miles, who's the videographer. He's like a nerdy videographer, like incel type. And <laughs> is he? Yeah. I mean he's like constantly like cucked by camera. Yeah. So It's just weird because he's not ugly. Yeah, no, he's handsome. But, you know. Um, anyways, so, basically, he goes to where JJ was rocking out. So, it's, like, the bowels of the ship. And, is that even the right phrase? Bowels of the ship? Whatever. Yeah. It is. Um, it's the guts of the ship. It's the, like, boiler room of mm-hmm. the ship. It's underneath everything where you're not supposed to go unless you're fixing something. Yeah. Somehow he loses his glasses, and he hears something, and he sees a shape, so he shoots it, and he ends up murdering either one of his classmates or just, like, an employee of the ship. He just murders someone that he thought was Jason, and he's like, fuck. Then he discovers the body of his friend JJ with her head smashed in. And then he runs into Jason, who picks him up and throws him into an electrical box. And um, he starts catching on fire. And then the ship starts sinking, kind of. So. And this is like 
probably the third time that Jason has smashed somebody into an electrical box as a kill mm-hmm. in the movie, in the franchise. Because, yeah. like, that happens in part three as well, and then again in part four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um... Another student, this guy named Miles, is... He runs into Jason in, like, the upper dock area, and he is running away from him by, like, climbing up the sail thing, but Jason is right behind him, and he takes him, and he throws him, and he gets impaled on, like, a radio transmitter, like, thing. And then Julius, who is another one of the boxers, and he's, like, kind of, like, the jock of the movie or whatever... He sees this happen, and he gets knocked overboard by Jason, so he just falls overboard. So, then the principal is searching for the fucking, like, deckhand that he thinks is responsible for all this shit. He sees the deckhand, and the deckhand is, like, kind of, like, acting weird, and he's Only like... Yeah. Um, and then he falls down... And it is revealed that he has a axe in the back, therefore solidifying that he had nothing to do with any of these fucking deaths. Then, this is kind of weird. So, like, a bunch of the students go to the disco, and then, like, no one, like, comes and gets them, and they don't, they definitely don't leave the ship, but Jason also doesn't necessarily show up there. But we just see them in the disco, and then, like, all of a sudden, it's, like, the only people that matter are the principal, Van Dusen, who's the English teacher, Rennie, and Sean, and they take a raft. Oh, and the dog, Toby. And they (laughs) they get a fucking raft, and then Julius, who was thrown into the water, shows up on the raft, and they all... Make their, they're all rowing and shit. The fucking principal is being such a dickhead. The entire, like, it's just like, how many times can someone be proven, like, wrong? Or just, like, be, like, so, it's like, Sean is the son of a fucking ship man, a ship captain. And this principal, he's like, okay, we gotta, like, paddle and head head a certain way and the principal's like I don't believe what you're like he's like I don't really trust that you know what you're doing and I'm like (laughs) do you you dumbass motherfucker like fuck I fucking hate this character he's one of the worst characters yeah he's such a dick like literally why okay um so yeah so I guess all those kids just ended up dying but we don't see that, that, and, I mean, I hope that they just, like, escaped, because it would just really suck to, like, graduate from high school and just, like, all fucking die in, like, like not even by Jason, just, like, because the ship sank, <laughs> and no one, like, saved these kids. Well, their best years were behind them. True. <laughs> yeah, I would say college is better than high school. I thought it was... They're from Crystal Lake. They can't afford college. Oh, my God. They 
pull up, they see the fucking Statue of Liberty, and they're like, holy fuck, somehow we made it to New York. Actually, it wasn't that hard, because we literally came from fucking New Jersey. Yeah. Um, so they pull up to some sort of, like, weird dock shipping container area. And immediately get mugged. Yes. And, um, by... Two punks. Yeah, they're like two punk thugs. And, um, they they kidnap Rennie and they take her to, like, a rant. And, and, like, everyone's like, what do we do? (laughs) Basically. Then we just, like, cut to fucking, like, these two punks, like, shooting Rennie up with heroin. And, like, they're about to sexually assault her jason shows up and he stabs saves her he saves her so (laughs) the anti-hero jason so we stand um so he stabs the one like punk dude with the needle he stabs through and kills him with a needle and then he grabs the other punk and he smashes his head against a pipe and it like I think it like explodes. Then he sees Rennie and he's like, "I want to kill you because you're a living, breathing human, and that's what I do." He's like, "Now that I stop those people from killing you, I can kill you myself." <laughs> Rennie runs the fuck away. Then we have one of the most epic fight scenes in all of cinema, probably. So, Julius is, like, a fucking, like, athletic boxer, dude. And somehow, he meets Jason on a fucking rooftop. And he's like, I, let's fucking fight. So, he literally punches Jason. Like, a hundred times. And continue, he's fight, punching Jason and pushing him back with each punch closer to the edge of this building. Mm -hmm. He's on the roof of a New York City building. And he's Jason's just like doing the fucking rope a dope. He's like doing the Muhammad Ali rope a dope. He's just like I'm gonna just like take the punches and stride. Mm-hmm. Just let the other guy get all tired. Yeah. And then I'll strike. And so Julius literally goes, I he, his give it knuckles bloody, sweaty, doubled over. He's like. All right, I punched you as much as I could. My hands hurt. Give me your best shot. (laughs) And Jason's like, and then (laughs) hits him with the fucking left swing and takes his head clean off. And it just falls off the roof. I'm literally like... His head is a clean cut at the neck. Dude. Iconic scene. Um... (laughs) Insane. Rennie is reunited with Sean, and they run into the two teachers, and they find a policeman, and they're like, help us, like, blah, 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 and he's like, okay, okay, like, get in the back of the police car, and they're like, okay, so they get in the back, and they're like, I wonder where Julius is, and someone said, I think it was Sean that said, don't worry, he always just shows up, and then they turned on the car, and his head is, like, Julius's head is, like, either in the car or, like, 
right on top of the window or whatever. And then Jason appears and he drags the policeman to his death. So Rennie gets behind the wheel and she is driving away. Keep in mind that she's had a hefty hit of heroin. So she's high as fuck. Everyone's like, why are you driving, basically? She sees a vision of Jason as a kid. This is, like, the most fucked up he's probably looked so far in the movie. He has, like, he's basically bald with, like, the weird eye thing. He just, like, looks kind of like Jason as a kid. And she floors it and crashes the police car into a wall. And her, Sean, and the principal leave the car. And this is a, like, blink if and you'll miss it scene. Because that's what happened to me and Craig. But apparently the woman teacher, like, literally this girl's fucking hero, gets incinerated in a giant car explosion. So that's how she dies. So basically, that was Rennie's fucking fault. Yeah, Rennie killed her, like, <laughs> Her basically surrogate mother, English teacher. Sad. <laughs> she, uh, there's one scene at the beginning of the movie where, um, this character, the English teacher that died, perished in a fire explosion. She is talking to Rennie, motherly, mother-like, mm-hmm. and the uncle comes up and he's like, "I'm her caretaker." And she's like... He's like, you don't talk to her. I'm the one who isn't... I own this woman. (laughs) (laughs) This is my property because I'm the uncle. (laughs) That's the way God intended it. Yeah, literally. It's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. So that's that's pretty tough stuff for Renny. Um... She obviously likes the English teacher more yeah. than her uncle, who's the principal. Yeah, we're, we were thinking that maybe the English teacher was going to survive, but... Nope. Rennie looks into a puddle of water <laughs> or gasoline and has an entire flashback scene where she is a child. Her uncle, her and her uncle are in a boat, and her uncle's like... The uncle who is... The asshole. The principal asshole. We hate him. He sucks. He is in a boat and he's like, well, you gotta learn how to swim. And she's like, okay, I like Will, but, like, I don't know how, so, you know, I just gotta, like, learn in my own time because I'm a (laughs) child, I guess. Um, He's like, no, I I brought you out here because you're gonna learn how to swim. And he knocks her out of the boat. She's, like, fucking... She doesn't know how to swim, and he knocks her out of the boat in the middle of the lake. He says, like, something like, oh, fuck, he t- I think he told her the story of Jason, and she's like, I'm dragging afraid. dragging her under. If I'm you a- can't swim, he's going to pull you under. Yeah, and literally, apparently, she was in the lake when Jason was a child, and he did actually pull her under. But then somehow she survived that. But that's why she carries this weird... So, okay. At the beginning, like... Makes no sense. It doesn't make sense, but 
I remember when we were watching this, she started, like, seeing, like, weird things or, like, she, there's, like, some weird talk about her fear of water shit, and I was like, that's gonna be some kind of weird Jason-related trauma that's gonna be revealed later in the movie. Yep. And it was. So. But also, she could have just been fucking high. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, but... Also, so it makes no sense. We've gone over Jason's origin story on this podcast at least four times now. And what is commonly understood amongst fans of the series is that the events of the first movie take place because the mother thought Jason was drowned and died. Well, and she's getting revenge. Well, she must not have known that Jason was special and has powers and didn't actually die, but was able to be drowned and then come back to life or escape and go live in the woods and, like, basically forage, like, eating nuts and berries in the fucking mm-hmm. woods, <laughs> collecting scraps and stuff, killing animals. And then he watches his mom, years later, kill all of these people. So the mom gives up on finding Jason's corpse, I guess, to find, have a proper burial. Yeah. <laughs> and Jason's just in the woods and then happens to see his mother getting revenge for his death. Mm-hmm. And he then sees her get decapitated by Alice. Mm -hmm. And that sends him down a path of revenge. (laughs) Getting revenge for her death against the camp counselors who also drowned him, quote unquote. Not really. So, (laughs) it doesn't make any sense that... And just so we're clear, we we aren't we still aren't sure why the boy is in various stages of deformity in this in these flashback scenes because mm-hmm. once we see the actual memory, he's fully deformed, mm-hmm. no hair except for like maybe some stringy hairs, basically bald, kind of looks like a new take on the original boy Jason Mm -hmm. design from the first movie. But that doesn't explain why sometimes she sees him as being a normal child. Yeah. And maybe there there was just shit cut from the movie that explains that. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I feel like it must be some sort of... I think it's sort of... Like... Okay. So, as... We, first of all, like, the first, I think it's important to note, the first time we see child Jason is through the lens of these two characters talking, like, on the houseboat. So, Jim, the first death of the movie, Jim is telling the story, and I think, honestly, it might be sort of, like, how when you're telling an urban legend or any lore how, like, versions and perceptions, like, change 
of the character, and it's like each person tells a different version of a story. So it would make sense that these these characters that don't have Jason-related trauma have never been to Camp Crystal Lake, know about it somehow, like, wouldn't know that, J- like, they just think that Jason was a normal kid or something. Like, they, I don't know, maybe that's their perception of it. I don't know, man. But I'm also, just... but my biggest problem with this element of the story is that we're to believe that sometime between Jason drowning and the events of the first movie, she was out on the water with her uncle. Mm-hmm. And boy, Jason is just like an aquatic being. Like Jason just lives underwater. Yeah. Like no, that what we're supposed to believe is that Jason was thought to be drowned, but left the water and lived in the woods. Not that Jason can just live underwater like he has fucking gills or something. But he kind <laughs> of can live underwater. Well, well, no. After Jason is zombified, zombified, he he after he is brought back to life through electricity in part six, he is a zombie, and zombies can live underwater, as you know from Lucio Fulci's Zombie Two. This is true, <laughs> but also, but also when you think about Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, like there are scenes where Jason is like hunting underwater, basically. Like there's that one scene where the girl is in the boat and Jason pops up from underwater. She's in the middle of the lake, so he had to have like been under the lake for multiple, multiple, multiple minutes. Enough to where she could swim out, lay down for probably five minutes, and then he pops up after that. So I feel like he could, but you could make up something where it's like, oh, he's just off to the side, walked into the water, and then jumped up. Like, swam up under and jumped Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like it's unrealistic to be like, the tale is, if you go in the water, Jason will grab you and pull you under. And then it's like, sure enough, Jason's just living underwater. There, He lives underwater. Like, he's, what is he, fucking Aquaman? Like, <laughs> Jason does not live underwater. Like, <laughs> but he at has this point, been. he's a human boy, supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, also I read somewhere that it's like the the curse. Jason is like a cursed being, so like he starts out normally, and then actually like the movie ends with Jason reverting to his former self, where he is like a normal boy, and that's like supposed to symbolize the <laughs> curse of Jason being finally released, and that's supposed to be the end of the movie. Which we, I can believe. Which I want to get into later, but also, like, I feel like now that we're on a roll, I should just finish it and say that basically they wanted the final scene where Jason's, like, dying and shit, they wanted a boy to crawl out of Jason, like, Jason's literally mouth. crawl out of his mouth, but they didn't have the budget for it. And that, like, they had a child actor and they're like, we okay. shouldn't do this. Well, 
I can kind of buy that explanation because it is explored in the previous movie with part five being that there's this evil that lives in Crystal Lake and it's possessed, like, because Jason's dead, that evil is still there. Yeah. And it possesses Roy Burns when this bad thing happens. Back in New York City. (laughs) So. Subway. No, before that. So, Rennie snaps back to reality, and she's like, you're the reason why I hate water. And the principal's like... You push me in, uncle! And And he's like, I was trying to help you! And she's like, fuck you! And then her and Sean leave, and Jason catches him and drowns him in a, like, a vat of fucking sewage. I love that. And you can see a floating dead rat in there. Oh yeah, that's so good. It's so And it's good. like green New York City slime. Yeah. Love that. Which is accurate. Like, we encounter that every day. Mm-hmm. One time Craig slipped on a flattened dead rat, like a banana peel. Yeah. Like, you know in Mario Kart when people throw banana peels and your cart goes, like, spinning out? I did that with a rat. It was flat. <laughs> And, 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 and it made a noise. It was... <laughs> that literally was the noise. So, New York, baby. Jason then chases Rennie and Sean into the subway. And they're ru- they're running from him. And it's so fucking funny because they're literally like, someone help us and no one on the subway is helping them. And I'm just like, that is fucking iconic New York. Like, everyone's just minding their own fucking business. Um, And they're like, I'm not getting involved with this shit. Um, And they end up leaving the subway car. And Sean throws Jason onto the third rail and he (laughs) gets electrocuted. And me and and Craig said the same thing, which is, don't they know that electricity just makes Jason stronger? Yeah. Don't you know that that shit keeps zombie Jason supercharged? Literally. So, you know, eventually he finds them again. They're in Times Square. They see him. He walks, there's a group of punks fucking listening to a boombox, and Jason just, like, for no reason, destroys their boombox, and then they're like, hey, what the fuck, and they, like, pull out switchblades, and then Jason just looks at them, and then they just run away. He chases them into a diner. They're trying to, like, get a, they're trying to call, you know, the police, Because they're going to help him. Let's say, one second, Jason in Manhattan, he's fucking, Jason, what are you doing? Why do you want, like, you're in the city, this fucking city with millions of people living in it, and you only want to kill these five people? What are you going to do when you successfully kill these five people? Are you going to start killing other people, or are you just going to walk back underwater, under the fucking Hudson River, walk along the floor of the river, back to Crystal Lake? Like, why aren't you killing the other New Yorkers? You pass by hundreds of New Yorkers in this movie. I know, he doesn't kill You only kill the ones that are in the way of the people from Crystal Lake. At this point, you just hate people from Jersey. Yeah, oh my god. (laughs) Like... (laughs) <laughs> he doesn't 
give a fuck about anyone not from Crystal Lake. Like, he's just, he will not rest until every citizen of New Jersey is dead. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what is he going to do when he runs out of, like, Jersey folk? I don't know. He's in Manhattan. He's not killing any Manhattan Knights. Yeah, that was really, besides the policeman and... He only kills ones that are in his way, stopping him from killing the people from Jersey. Um, he fucks up a diner, doesn't kill anyone in the diner, then he follows them into a sewer, and they encounter a sewage worker, and he's like, y'all better get out of here because at midnight, this, the sewers fill with toxic waste. So apparently in New York, every day at midnight, the sewers fill with toxic waste (laughs) and, and incinerate everything you didn't know that (laughs) is that actually (laughs) no so only in new york baby so basically he's like here i'll show you the exit and they're like okay jason appears and he kills the fucking sewage worker and he knocks sean out and he's about to do the final blow to sean and rennie was like you got me in the lake, but you're not gonna get me again. Or I think she said, "You didn't get me in the lake, and you're not gonna get me here." And he's just like, "Ooh," and then follows her, and basically, she throws a vat of toxic waste onto Jason's face, forcing him to remove his mask and reveal face melty Jason, which looks a lot like corpsey jason but way like slimy and oh by the way the whole time he's like soaking wet too yeah (laughs) he's dripping dripping came through dripping drip drip um so he chases them they're climbing a ladder and they're trying to fucking like leave the sewers but it's like they can't open the door in time and jason jason's holding on to one of their legs yeah he's holding on to rennie and then the toxic sludge comes and miraculously does not touch sean or rennie at all but grabs jason and melts him if we see him like fucking vomiting jason's vomiting water he's like Melting. Melting. And he... Getting wetter by the minute. He melts so much that he just is turned into a child. (laughs) He... (laughs) Jason is like an onion. He has layers. (laughs) The, the, The innermost layer is just a normal looking child actor. (laughs) (laughs) A strapping young lad. So... Finally, free from Jason's clutches, Sean and Rennie make their way back to Times Square, and they see, they they turn and they have one more like, <gasps> and it's Toby the dog, and they're all reunited in Times Square, and they go grab a New York slice of pizza, and the credits roll. That's it. <laughs> Let's go into the kills. How many people were killed? Um, 19 on screen. Jim Miller, disemboweled by Jason Voorhees with a harpoon. 
Susie Donaldson impaled with a harpoon. J.J. Jarrett struck in the head by a guitar. Unnamed male boxer sauna rock rammed into chest. Tamara Mason stabbed in the back with shards of a broken mirror. Jim Carlson stabbed in the back with a harpoon gun. John Robertson throat slit. Eva Watanabe strangled. Unnamed crew member shot by Wayne by accident. Wayne Weber electrocuted and burned to death. Miles Wolf impaled on a radio antenna. Deckhand axe in the back. Holmes, which is one of the punks, impaled by syringe. Jojo, head slammed against a steam pipe. Julius, head punched off. Cop, dragged to his death. Colleen Van Dusen, killed in car explosion. Charles McCulloch, drowned in a barrel of sewage. Sanitation worker, beat to death with a wrench. Lots of great kills in this one. I feel like there's lots of good and memorable kills, but they're not particularly gory. Yeah, so I would say, like, I wouldn't say this is, like, I would say that part seven we see the least. Yeah. And this is definitely, it's definitely above part seven. Like, it's a few miles ahead of part seven. Yeah. But, um... So part I would seven, say part seven and part two, I think we see the least amount of gore. Yeah, I would say in part seven, the only gore I can really remember, like being notable at all, is when Jason swings the axe up at that one guy's head, and then later you see his body and his face has like a slit down the middle. That's yeah. Gory. There's that one that's gory, and then the um, party horn through the eye. That's a gory body reveal, but yeah. other than that, there's, like, not a lot of gore in that one at all. This one has a little more than that. Yeah, what was, um... Okay, I'm just gonna say all the ones I like. Yeah. The slow stab, which is the second kill of the movie, good. The getting hit with the guitar is good, because her playing the guitar and her look is funny. Mm-hmm. And when the guitar hits her, it makes, like, a rock noise. It's like, <laughs> when it hits her. Um, the sauna boxer is good. I like that one. Mirror's okay. Head punched off is really good. The getting thrown onto the electrical box and lighting up into flames is pretty epic. The drowned in a barrel of sewage with a rat in it is good. And also Jason's death, which isn't counted here, which makes yeah. it 20. Do yeah. you count Jason? I would count I Jason. I guess I would count Jason. Um, I mean, that's one of the most in-depth deaths of this movie. Yeah. Considering they spend, like, all these minutes showing Jason screaming. He makes a weird noise Yeah. when he's dying. He's, like, roaring like a he's dinosaur. Like, <laughs> He sounds like a fucking, like, puppet. <laughs> and his face is all melted and shit. Yeah, so I would consider that a death. Yeah, I would say, for me, um, my favorites were pretty much the same. Like, special, I think my favorite, favorite number one was when Julius got his head punched off. 
Yes. Because that was just like, that was fucking whimsical fucking scene. It was so fucking funny, dude. I was just like, it was such a like slapstick move, too. This movie was fucking funny. Like, this is like the exactly what I. Yeah, yeah this movie is uh, not scary. I would say at all. Yeah, no. There's a few jump scares, but those never really get me unless it's like a modern horror. Yeah. Older jump scares, I feel like, never get me. Because it's always just like orchestral string, sudden orchestral string, and then like just like Jason's there, and you're like, well, I've been expecting him anyways. So, so out of. The ten seconds that we this movie takes place in Manhattan, <laughs> how which how many seconds out of ten seconds in Manhattan would you rate this? I would rate this movie a seven and a half seconds out of ten seconds out in of Manhattan. ten seconds in Manhattan. And here are the reasons why. So. For low, for the lo, docking the low points or whatever, docking points off, we're gonna docking. go docking, hey, docking this yacht in the Hudson Bay. Mm-hmm. So, I would say it it knocks off some points for me. The fact that you know it's prime, it's not necessarily jason takes manhattan but i did really enjoy jason on the cruise ship <laughs> um so that that just kind of cancels itself out um and then it kind of i would have liked to see more new york related deaths just like new yorkers dying at the hands of jason like just get that body count up in the last few minutes um that would have been cool um and then the other thing is that um, I didn't love that there were certain characters that died and I didn't even fucking like realize it because it was so under the radar and there were a lot of characters that just like never even got... This was the first movie where there was characters... Well, like, that's not necessarily true. But like, it sort of feels like this is the first movie where there's a lot of unnamed characters, just generic characters that just existed to be killed, which was fun because they got some good kills out of it, like the unnamed boxer and the fucking, like, deckhand guy. But, like, I don't know. There were a lot of great characters, so it would have been cool to, like, know what happened to some of them, like... The fucking like kids that just were in the disco like what happened to them <laughs> you know um but yeah overall liked it a lot so out of the 10 seconds that this movie takes place in manhattan i'm gonna rate it six and a half out of 10 seconds in manhattan and that's just a little bit lower than Haley's. Basically the same thoughts. I will say that this movie is, like, a huge disappointment. <laughs> just because, like, it's called Jason Takes Manhattan. And they didn't deliver on that promise. 
really at all. Like, it goes to Manhattan at the very end. Like, I, I would have preferred if this movie were, if you flipped the ratio of time spent on boat and time spent in Manhattan. Like, mm-hmm. we should have been on the boat for maybe 20 minutes, and the other... 75 minutes should have been in Manhattan, I think. Yeah. Like, he should have been in or near the Statue of Liberty. He should have been on the subway more. He should have either been to, like, Yankee Stadium or, like, gone to some sporting event. He should have gone to a hockey game. Yeah. Oh, my God. That would have been iconic. Ugh. He should have he should have interacted with some famous New Yorkers or something. Like he should have gone on like <laughs> the Tonight Show or something and killed someone. Bro. Or like he meets Woody Allen. Yeah, like it he should have been like at a Broadway musical, like cats or something, and then Jason goes and kills people in the audience or something. Or like yeah. comes on stage and they think it's part of the Broadway musical. Like he should have Gone to a bodega. And gotten a bacon, egg, and cheese on a roll. Like, imagine... <laughs> imagine Jason, like, in Yankee Stadium or something in the crowds and everyone's, like, cheering or something and he, like, accidentally catches, like, the home run... Oh, my God. ...ball or something. And then, like, throws it at someone and kills them. That would have been sick. Dude, we should just write... A, re- a remake of Jason Chase Manhattan. I would like to read, like, the original script because they say that the reason they want, had all these big ideas for it and the reason they didn't get to do it was because of budget. And yeah. obviously the movie was made in a year because the previous movie came out the previous year. So maybe time restraints too. But, like, what what was proposed? Like... It could have been so much better. What we got is fine. It's not. It's nowhere near my favorite in my favorite Friday Thirteenth movies, mm-hmm. but it's fun and it helps that we live in New York. Yeah. Although we, although we didn't even get to really see that many iconic New York locations. Only Times Square. <laughs> yeah, which like. Um, something that I'm, like, just thinking about is, remember, so, like, Sean gives the main girl, Rennie, a necklace with the Statue of Liberty on it, like, when they first see each other on the boat, and she makes a whole, like, speech about how she's always wanted to climb to the top, and he's like, maybe when we get there, we can go. Yeah. And it would have been was... so cool to fucking see them actually do that shit at the end. Like, why? I, I get the budget, but, like, come on, dude. Like... Yeah, they... Like, that's really the most they could do is Times Square, where yeah. there's not even a kill in Times Square. Like, yeah. they probably just filmed that by, like, dressing up Kane Hodder as Jason and being like... Okay, pretend you're, like, one of these other characters, like, you're Spider-Man over there. Like, you know, there's all yeah. the people dressed up in Times Square. They're probably <laughs> just like, okay, we don't have to get a permit to do this because other people are dressed up here. So let's just film here. Uh, but, 
Yeah, I mean, this movie, like, I would definitely recommend. I recommend it. I would definitely watch this with anyone, like, even if you don't like horror, like, this movie is really silly and fun. Um, Here's what I'm learning about the series. One through six, that's the good good. That's, that's the watch these movies, they're good, and they tell the complete story that you need to know of Jason. One through six. That's, that's in my opinion, the good, good. Mm -hmm. The bad, bad (laughs) is part seven, I would say. It's just don't watch. You don't even need... That one's bad. I don't like it. Yeah. The only good aspects of that one are the fact that it's a Friday the 13th movie. And it's just interesting to see that that is a movie that exists. The... So bad it's good mm-hmm. is this movie, Jason Takes Manhattan. It's bad, but it's enjoyable. Yeah. Even though it's bad and it's flawed as fuck. I would I have a feeling that the next movies are also so bad it's good. <laughs> <laughs> like Yeah. I think the good good is one through six. I agree. We're in the so bad it's good territory. Oh, yeah. And next up, we're going to hell. (laughs) So, looking forward to that. Going in completely blind. I knew at least with with Takes Manhattan that um, it was primarily on the boat, just through spoilies. But um, I'm going in completely blind to hell. I don't want to hear anything about it. Don't tell me. Yeah, I don't know anything about it either. So, I'm looking forward to... I feel like Jason's gonna come down a stripper pole like Lil Nas X and seduce Satan and then snap his neck at the end. And become Satan. That is how a new Satan is made. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, that's... What did you think about the design of Jason in this movie? Um, it was... I mean, obviously, like, we're past peak Jason at this point. But I did like the, I liked the melty Jason vibes. I liked the toxic sludge melting. I would have really loved to see kid Jason crawling out of fucked up melting corpse Jason, but. I'll say kid Jason is one of the worst versions of Jason. Yeah. That whole part is kind of dumb. It is. The I kind of like the unmasked Jason at the end when the New York City sludge is pouring onto him. Like, that, it looks funny, and hearing him is funny. And his face is so rounded and smooth. Yeah. And, like, so unlike the unmasked Jason from Part 7. I will say, Part 7 has a better Jason than this Jason design. Like, you get to see Jason's, like, zombified rib cage and shit, and there's that whole scene where the mask explodes and you see this crazy, fucked-up, like, ogre face. Yeah. In this movie, it just seems like the special effects budget was a little bit lower, but it's funny. It's cool. Yeah. <sighs> All right. 
that it? Anything else? Oh, fuck. Um, well, y'all, I hope you liked listening to Jason Takes Manhattan. Next up, we have Jason Goes to Hell. Please follow us on Instagram, mpgp underscore podcast, and rate, review, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, and um, definitely hit the subscribe button because that's that's going to increase our viewership and exposure, so support a DIY punk podcast, please. Yay. Um, Yay. Yay. Okay. Good night. <laughs> Thanks.